Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Thank you so much for being a part of the first episode of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard. Very excited about this venture, about uh, combining a couple of my passions um, in broadcasting and uh, what this wonderful plant cannabis can do. This is what we are going to try to do. We want to be your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. And just remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy because this plant has so many benefits that we are going to explore. This is a very, very new industry as far as legalization in Canada. There is lots to learn about it, so we want to be a fun educational tour uh, that you can join us every Wednesday to learn more about this wonderful plant. These are some of the things that we're going to be talking about on the uh, program. Uh, Grant Sanderson, who is the regional manager for Nova Cannabis, is going to drop by in just a little bit and discuss everything that's happened since legalization and things that are going to come. We will have this week in Cannabis News some interesting um, regional stuff uh, from Edmonton making news in the cannabis world. We're going to do something on every show called Cannabis Characters. Uh, that could be film, book, uh, TV, uh, plays, uh, anything, uh, music. Uh, there's certainly lots of uh, cannabis-influenced uh, and uh, cannabis-passionate uh, musicians out there. So we will do uh, different cannabis characters today. We're going to Days to Confuse. David Wooderson is going to uh, be discussed a little bit later in the show. What's That Strain is something I'm really looking forward to each week. Uh, I don't know if you were like me, but uh, when I first was introduced to cannabis um, in my teenage years, I didn't really care what it was. As long as it was green, um, I didn't even know what THC was at the time, but I, I just had to have THC and it had the desired effect. As I've uh, you know, matured um, and learned more about this plant, I am now to the point where uh, I use it uh, a lot for my depression, my anxiety, uh, CBD pills, uh, capsules, oil, uh, I, I, I find it very, very helpful and learning about different strains. Uh, first of all, it's important to learn about uh, sativa, indica, hybrids, and we'll get into that. Uh, sativa, uh, more so for daytime use. Uh, indica, maybe when you want to wind down, help you sleep a little bit, and then hybrid, obviously, a little bit of each. So we're going to explore the, those kind of things and, and what is the history of the strain, what are their desired effects of the strain? What's the name? What, what about the name? So all of that stuff in what's that strain? And we're going to do that uh, with our good friend Chris Ionson, who is the manager of uh, Nova Cannabis on White Avenue. And he will be our educator, just like he is in the stores. And uh, stores everywhere have uh, brilliant people uh, across uh, certainly Edmonton from the experiences I've had. There's a lot of knowledge out there. And we're going to tap into Chris, who has a lot of knowledge on these different kind of strains. So we're going to be doing Blue Dream, which is 
one of the legendary strains uh, that are out there that is out there and MK Ultra which has an interesting uh, story behind the name so those are the two strains we'll be exploring with Chris Hyanson who is our educator on cannabis and then we're going to do tools of the trade uh, today we're going to talk bongs and the different kind of bongs that might be out there and lastly we'll wrap things up with a weed word of the day so that is a little bit of slangs and we're today we're focusing on the plant itself a different type of slang words that are out there for the plant itself uh, we'll get into uh, you know different methods and things like that as we go along uh, we're also going to have what goes well with and uh, that is just going to be anything that pairs well with cannabis so we will discuss all of that as we move along in this show So as mentioned, this is a show that I want you to be able to come to for uh, to be entertained, uh, but to be educated as well. And we're going to try to blend the two of them. We're going to try to have some fun with that. Um, my background is uh, I've uh, I was in uh, from Brandon, Manitoba. Started into broadcasting in 1997. Uh, I've, I've worked in television in Brandon, in Red Deer, in Regina. Uh, these are all Canadian cities for anybody listening outside of uh, the borders of uh, Canada. And then uh, landed in Edmonton in 2003 and have been here ever since. I worked in radio, transitioned from TV to radio in about 2013. And then uh, unfortunately cutbacks on the uh, big media chains happened and I found myself uh, no longer having a show. So I thought, well, why don't I do my own show? And I could do a whole bunch of shows. And that's what I've uh, been doing. I also have a podcast called Sports and More where we do talk a lot of sports because that is my background, but we also talk a, a ton of other stuff. And, and even with uh, the sports figures that we get on the show, we don't always talk about sports. In fact, I just had Rob Shrimp, former Edmonton Oiler on Sports and More, and we talked a lot about uh, his, his use of CBD, and, and he works for a company called Veda Sport, and uh, so it's a lot more than sports. So you want, want, want to check that out. All of my podcasts can be found at deanmillard.ca in podcast. Alley. also have one called the Prospects Baseball Show, which is about uh, the Prospects baseball team, oddly enough, as the title suggests. And that also covers a lot of Major League Baseball news and notes. Uh, those two come out on Monday. Cannabis, uh, the podcast, uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast comes out on Wednesdays. And there'll be a few more announcements that we have uh, down the road with uh, things like pop-up podcasts, where if uh, something comes up, like I did yesterday with Dave Tippett being hired by the Edmonton Oilers, I'll just do a pop-up podcast giving my thoughts. Those are a little bit shorter. So that's who I am. This is what the show is about. I'm glad you're, uh, you've are you stopped by, and I hope you uh, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, let's go explore the wonderful world of uh, cannabis. Uh, as mentioned, I used uh, and have experimented with cannabis for my depression and anxiety, uh, so much so to the point where I... Uh, was able to uh, wean myself off prescription medications. And I use natural products right now, including uh, cannabis in, in various forms. Um, I enjoy the, uh, the THC effects of cannabis as well. And you know that's what obviously attracted it to me uh, when I was uh, 15 years old. Um, you know, but I've learned a lot, but I do enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I, I love that it's legal. I love that we can maybe get rid of the stigma and educate the, uh, the population that it doesn't understand it yet. And uh, that, that'll be the goal of this show. And if you want to participate in anything that we discuss or drop us a line or get in contact with us, with us there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. You could just email us cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. 
cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. And you can get us on Twitter at the cannabis101, the cannabis101, Instagram, the cannabis101 podcast, and the cannabis101 podcast Facebook page if you want to drop us a line uh, about anything about cannabis. All right, so this is something called What Goes Well With, and basically it's anything that pairs well with cannabis. Um, my radio days, we would take a bunch of text messages and discuss this, but uh, it's a little hard to do that in a podcast format. Uh, but feel free to email us or tweet at me at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, um, and we can uh, discuss on a future show some of your What Goes Well With, and that's anything that pairs well with cannabis. Mine is today is... Uh, the uh, artist Beck. I, I just I love his music anytime, but I just think there is something so cool about uh, you know how he grooves and you know not everything is uh, really grooving and melodic, but it's just a he's just a great artist to listen to. Um, you know I, I love uh, you know having some cannabis, whether it's uh, you know smoking it out of a bong or um, you know eating some some oil or ingesting some oil through uh, you know shakes that I have. And, and you, you lay back and you relax or you're out on a patio and you're listening to Beck. It's just a, a great pairing with cannabis, uh, in my opinion. So that's my what goes well with. And I look forward to hearing from you about what goes well with cannabis for you, whether that might be uh, watching a TV show or a specific movie, going for a walk. Um, there, are, there are so many things that go well with cannabis. And now that we know and are finding out more information about the plant and the science behind it and how it works. We, and I say we as a society, but doctors um, and uh, cannabis experts will be able to fine-tune these things as we move along, and and they've already done a really good job with it. So uh, that's my what goes well with. uh, the, The artist Beck, I think, goes really well with cannabis. We are now joined in studio by the regional manager for Nova Cannabis, Grant Sanderson. And uh, before we get into everything, thank you so much for being here. We should talk a little just quickly about how we know each other. You grew up in high level or near high level at uh, different points of your life. My wife is from high level. Correct. Yeah. And, Actually, uh, uh, Dean, your wife used to babysit me. Pud used to babysit Pud you. used to babysit me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was yeah. she a, a good babysitter? You know what? I don't have any bad memories, so that's probably a good thing. That's so, good. And yeah. we still have not figured out where Pud comes from. Uh, Pud came in a, in a roundabout way through another acquaintance that we have, and obviously I think short for Patricia is Pud. So yeah, I think that's where it started. Excellent. Um, speaking of high level, um, I'm, I'm sure you, like Trish and, and the Fideco family, have been uh, you know, crossing your fingers for the people for sure. up there with everything that's going on right now. Absolutely. They need some weather. The, the crews up there are doing a great job and everything they can. It's uh, All the northern communities have embraced uh, the people displaced from the evacuation. So, you know, it's you know, thinking about them for sure and hope there's a good outcome. All right, so welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and and I, I thank you for uh, you know giving me some pointers as I was getting into this uh, about uh, the industry. Um, before we go any further, let's talk a little bit about your background and 
how you came to be involved with Nova Cannabis. Sure, yeah, maybe uh, I'll try to shorten the story as much as I can, but uh, I had about a 25-year career in the hospitality industry, uh, from ownership to directors to multi-unit managers for you know a couple national companies, a company that I was a part of as a shareholder uh, and an equity partner. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy working with the public. Um, I've worked in a regulated space my entire life, so uh, you know alcohol uh, being highly regulated in, in in the provinces that I own businesses in, and uh, it just kind of fell in my lap. To be honest with you, there was uh, some conversations that were happening um, in uh, a restaurant that I was operating at the time, and uh, I had a mutual friend who was uh, had entered the cannabis space uh, prior to me, uh, and uh, had done some introductions, and I, I probably just started fast talking, and uh, and it kind of went from there. So um, I was uh, legalized was announced and and uh, the company that I'm currently working for is Alcana and, and Nova Cannabis is one of our brands. Um, we got into some conversations and those conversations really started to intrigue me about a lot of the parallels from hospitality and, and cannabis. Um, uh, the obvious ones is is the the regulated space for sure. Um, I think the the social responsibility piece was was really important and I think um, taking that, uh, you know, the social responsible sale of alcohol into the social responsible sale and consumption of cannabis, there was a lot of parallels. And then ultimately, I think uh, the, the biggest factor was the ability to to be a part of and build out a training program uh, based on ed- education and creating a customer experience um, for me in a new industry was uh, was very exciting. So I, I was listening and I was never looking and 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 uh, I became very intrigued. And uh, to be honest, it's it's been a great transition, and I'm looking forward to you know what the future holds with cannabis for sure. Most of, well, everybody I've talked, I haven't talked to one person involved in the cannabis industry that says, "Oh, this this job sucks," right. because everybody you know it's very new. As as you know, you're you're experiencing new things, but people seem to be really enjoying it. I, I, one of the terms you mentioned, social responsibility, and that's part of the reason why you know, I wanted to do the Cannabis 101 podcast is to educate. Um, you know, it's it's not just about getting high; it's about getting healthy with a, a really wonderful plant. And I want to be able to educate people on, um, you know, not just about cannabis, but cannabis use and, and social responsibility is probably, I'm guessing, one of the first things you learned when you got into this industry. For sure, it's uh, it's extremely important when you have a product coming, uh, you know, basically being decriminalized. Um, it was highly regulated. Um, it was, uh, I, I think, under a microscope and, and all the governing bodies in the provinces, especially Health Canada, uh, and rightfully so. It, it needed to be. Um, the, the product itself um, carries a stigma around it, and, and our goal as, as retailers of adult recreation cannabis is to help destigmatize um, the perception that people have towards the product. It's, it's as you said, Dean, it's, it's you know, not necessarily always about getting high. Um, we don't comment in our stores anything on the medical and health benefits of cannabis as per regulation, but um, cannabis itself um, and, and buying pharmaceutical-grade cannabis um, is a great alternative for life celebrations and life's occasions. And, and there, you know, basically anything you can think of, there's probably a cannabis for that. You know, if it's rest and relax or, or amplify and energize and do things, there's cannabis for that would be good for cleaning the garage there's Mm -hmm. cannabis that's good for you know watching a show and chilling out with a glass of wine you know so um on that piece you know with that social responsibility is that in in a in an industry just forming um and again trying to destigmatize um 
we have a we have a responsibility as retailers in the communities that we do business in to ensure that we're responsible in our sales, keeping cannabis uh, out of sight and out of the hands of minors to educate on on consumption um, habits, um, people trying the product, um, you know, recommending they they start uh, they start low in regards to THC, they go slow, they journal their 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 consumption and, and find something that works for them for the occasion that they or the celebration that they wanted to consume it with for. So and that's that that's what leads me into what I wanted to ask next. For the person that is listening to this that has not yet been to a cannabis store what what can they expect? Um, you know whether they're you know experienced in cannabis or have no idea. We took uh, uh, Pud's parents uh, into a store, and it was it was it was really interesting to see their reaction um, from a different generation. So, what can you expect when you come into a cannabis store? Sure, uh, it, it's a great question, and we actually get that still today. You know, several months into legalization, you know, what's it like? Is it uh, is it dark and, and dingy, and, and does it carry a lot of the stereotypes that uh, cannabis used to have? And, and ultimately, the answer is no. It's, it, it's bright, it's welcoming, uh, it's educational. I speak for Nova stores too, but I speak for all the other retailers out there. You know, and everyone's done a phenomenal job to, to create an environment that's you know, hopefully rich in education with uh, properly trained staff. Um, in regards to you know cannabis, cannabis consumption methods, uh, desired effects from the from the plant that people are looking for, and, and ultimately you know taking them on a journey to find out what works for them. Um, it's not about the sell in a cannabis shop or the mm. upsell. It's about finding a product that works for the consumer that uh, for them can can continue to be a part of their life for whatever reasons they're choosing to to consume it. So. Grant Sanderson is the regional manager with Nova Cannabis, joins us here on the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode one. One of the things I've noticed is, you know, whether I've, uh, you know, speaking to you or a different company or um, um, not just uh, uh, producers or anything like that, everybody seems to be pulling in the same direction because the industry is so new. Whether you're a competitor or not, not that you're out pumping tires of uh, of other uh, companies, but you everybody seems to work together because they're all trying to build this industry properly. Absolutely, there's a common goal here, and the common goal is to to establish an industry that has longevity for sure. That uh, we all do our part to destigmatize, and that comes from all the way from Health Canada to the provincial governing bodies, to the retailers, to some provinces, distributors, licensed producers, the accessory companies, everything. We all have the common goal, you know, in order for this industry to thrive and move forward positively and responsibly, we all have to be on the same page. You know, competition is competition, sure, fine, but the common goal is there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about what's different today compared to October 17th. it was such an exciting day. Has the honeymoon phase worn off, do you think? Are we still in that glow? And and maybe what is different today that, that wasn't different on the 17th of October? Sure. Uh, you know, go back in time, October 17th. Uh, in uh, my company, we call it the frenzy. So it was a frenzy. It was uh, weeks of lineups, um, new staff uh, in a new industry, um, working with the governing body in Alberta, the AGLC, was, who has been, you know, great to work with. And, and we've worked out a lot of kinks together. But, you know, the frenzy happened and in, in, in some markets happened longer than others. Um, some stores, they remain extremely busy. Um, other locations have, have leveled off. Um, but, you know, 
coming out of that frenzy, you know, we entered into the supply chain issue, you know, whereas, mm. uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you, the, the demand, uh, you know, devastated the supply. Um, you know, everyone knew it'd be great, but we didn't know how great it would be. Um, but uh, you know what? Um, the, the, there was a license moratorium issued on cannabis due to the supply chain, and it was, it was you know, probably the right decision at the time. And, you know, what's different today is, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing the supply chain normalize. Um, the producers are all working hard to, to manufacture great cannabis and to get it to market in time. And, and uh, we're starting to see things, you know, pick up again and normalize a little bit. Um, other than that, we're, we're still seeing new customers every day, you know, and people coming in and, you know, the dust settled and legalization happened and it was all exciting. And, and you know, as retailers, you now focus on, you know, other occasions and celebrations and ensuring that, you, you know, you're taking care of that core customer base. And, you know... <sighs> How much has changed? You know, it's still exciting. Mm. Uh, it's not lined up five city blocks like it was October seventeenth to, well, yeah. to November seventeenth. So was crazy, yeah. So it's uh, yeah changed a bit. Uh, I think uh, you know sometimes the uh, we we mentioned we call it the pause, but uh, you know it's things slowed down a bit as the supply dwindled in November and a uh, good chance to catch your breath and refocus and 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 to do some things. Our staff and uh, all retailer staff worked overtime and, and, and extremely long hours and worked hard and committed to learning and educating. And uh, so, yeah, I would, I would say it's, it's still exciting. It's calmed down a bit. Um, but, you know, we're gearing up for, for, for season two. You know, it's uh, next phase is coming and, and whole new categories are getting introduced. And, you know, what does that look like? So that's an exciting time. Yeah, I wasn't old enough for prohibition of uh, alcohol, but I am uh, experiencing this. And this is, uh, you know, once in a generation, once in a lifetime experience to see how this unfolds. And, you know, of course, nothing goes perfectly according to plan. I imagine just the supply hiccups that sure. everybody went through was the biggest speed bump uh, so far absolutely yeah everyone had this, everyone is in the same boat you know and uh in alberta specifically our government worked diligently with new licensed producers and, and to get online and worked with the you know the the initial producers that were uh that were on board with them and uh i mean it, it was what it was and uh you know the communication lines were always open and everybody worked together. Um, we're seeing it normalize a bit now. And 101 licenses in Alberta, which is uh, an exorbitant number compared to the other provinces. You know, Alberta is you know cannabis central in Canada right now. Um, other provinces, you know, will, probably will catch up eventually. But it's normalized, um, and it, we're heading in the right direction. Well, that is good news. Okay, and that direction takes us to the next step. Um, you know, there was talk that it was going to be uh, October 17th, whether or not that happens or not. Uh, but the next step is, I guess, the term is, is edibles. Uh, sure. and, and that encompasses a, a bunch of different things. What can what can you tell our listeners, you know, what they can expect when that phase two or season two yeah. comes into effect? Sure. So uh, edibles and concentrates, and I think it's very important to to include the concentrates in the title. A lot of people just think it's it's gummies and chocolates coming and blood beverage here and there. Um, what you'll see, uh, we predict, and and with good insights from our neighbors to the south and uh, what they went through when they introduced these new categories, um, you know, you'll see lots of vapes. So, you know, concentrate vapes and distillates and things like that, which will encompass the majority of this new category, edibles and concentrates. Um, 
everyone has a different strategy to what they're gonna to what they're gonna put out. Um, I've been fortunate enough to meet uh, and, and get some insights on on some of the the licensed producer strategies moving forward. It's very exciting. Everyone uh, seems to have a, a little different approach to things and this and that. So um, you know, the big thing would, would be the vapes coming out. So, you know, the, the, the disposable vapes, um, uh, replaceable vape uh, uh, concentrate cartridges um, for vape pens and things like that. And that will take a big chunk of the category. But flowers will still be flower. You know, mm, flower will, will. F- flower will have that following. Um It'll be uh, it, it'll be a little bit different, I think, uh, on the ingestible oil side, which is currently um, acceptable in adult rec stores for sale. Um, essentially, edibles are already here uh, in the form of ingestible oil. You know, it's the same process, uh, just not flavored or packaged differently. Uh, but I, I think the the general public's excitement, and again, based on backed up by insights again from from other um, countries and, and places that have done this is that those vaporizers will be extremely popular for sure. Yeah, and, and listen, it's not like edibles have been illegal. You can still buy the flour and go home and make your own Absolutely. edibles. Absolutely, um, for sure. So will, it, will there be, you know, will I be able to go into a shop and say, uh, I'm, you know, I'm cooking with this tonight, I want this kind of oil, or is that still something you would be making at home probably? Uh, so cooking cannabis-infused oils, mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen anybody show their cards on that uh, okay. to this point for for kind of season two coming up here, but uh, you know you made a great point too. I mean, people um, can cook with cannabis. Uh, you, yep. you, there's uh, lots of uh, you know magic butter machines and Levo uh, oil infusing machines that are available in the market today. Um, you know, obviously we always caution people uh, about dosing and, and uh, mm-hmm. serving size, if you will, as uh, it's referred to more recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, uh, there'll be a lot of exciting things and a lot of options coming from edibles to beverages, um, ready to serve beverages, um, uh, obviously the vape category. So it, uh, I'm excited to see it's still in draft right now. There's no finalized, but you know, the, the, the licensed producers are moving and they're getting ready for it and, and we're excited about it. So. Yeah, phase two will be, uh, it's going to be, I think, a big game changer. I think it's really going to bring people in um, that, uh, you know, still are leery of smoking something. Absolutely. Or, or things, things like that. It's just going to open the doors to so many more people, I think. For sure. There's uh, With vaporizing, there's there's the inconspicuous, uh, you know, fact to it that backs it. it it's, it's easier to do, convenient, less mm-hmm. messy, less odor. You know, that attracts a lot of people. Um, remembering flower will always have a following, um, but uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. We're excited about it. Our stores, uh, we've been ready, uh, you know, for this next wave for a while. We've designed our stores, purpose built them for to have and be flexible to you know whatever we have to merchandise or fixturing that's required. So, Grant Sanderson is the regional manager with Nova Cannabis, joining here on the joining us uh, on the cannabis. 101 podcast what's the knowledge level with customers that you are seeing maybe and 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 how much has that changed um since october 17th but what was the knowledge level like when you guys first opened your doors were, sure. you, were you finding people were coming in with a lot of questions and or, or were you finding people were coming in saying no i just want this i know what i want sure you know it's an interesting question as a retailer you know you always want to look at that kind of average interaction time and and definitely out of the gate as we were learning and our customer was learning, um, we spent a lot of time talking to customers, and, and rightfully so. Uh, we had to get the right information to the customers. Um, so people still to this day um, have questions and lots of questions. 
and we're still seeing in our store, yes, there's regular consumers, there's regular customers that come um, all the time and we know their names, uh, but we're still seeing, um, you know, the uh, boomerangers come in that may be consumed back in high school and mm-hmm. want to give it a shot again or um, a new consumer that's trying cannabis for various reasons uh, that they have. Um, we see, you know, anything from um, parents coming in with their adult children uh, to come and ask questions about cannabis and consumption and trying to educate them and provide them that information again in a, in a safe educational environment. So uh, there's, never a, a, there's never really a, a, a dull moment in a cannabis store. There's uh, nothing surprising. Um, and on the flip side, too, there's lots of great consumers out there and customers that we have that we learn from, you know, that uh, may have that kind of next level lineage uh, history of, of an existing strain that we as retailers may not have been presented with, you know, and or tell us some cool stories about genetic drift of certain plants and strains. So um, it's always fun to learn from a customer. Um, you know, our information is, is, is that we provide, you know, is factual and delivered in a socially responsible manner. But there's a lot more information out there, too. So. For sure. Let's wrap on this. You, uh, you, know, you mentioned you were in the food and beverage industry. How is the cannabis industry different? How is it similar to things you've done in the past? Sure. I think, uh, you know what, there's a lot of parallels to hospitality and anything customer experience based. We need to make people feel welcome. Um, This market right now in Alberta has 101 stores. Uh, up to 250 were allocated in year one. Um, you know, the education to some degree uh, is almost table stakes. You, you need to be able to provide factual education about the products that you're selling. No doubt about it. Uh, you need to be socially responsible. No doubt about it. Uh, but what, uh, in, a, in a market that becomes saturated or there's lots more options, how do you differentiate yourself? And I think it's it's through that customer experience. It's the developing of rapport um, to, to providing um, recommendations recommendations and really understanding your customer that I think will 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 set you apart I think and and that parallel is the same as as the hospitality industry it's uh you go to the restaurant with with the great food you know it, it's he's a pub analogy is is that you know my pint of Guinness is the same as the pint of Guinness down the street why are they going to come to me and that's when you really got to peel back those layers of that customer experience so a lot of parallels in that for sure Grant, thanks so much for being on the first episode and continued success. Thank you very much, Dean. Pleasure to be here. Time now for this week in Cannabis News and a couple of things to tell you about. Most of the grow ops in Canada have been indoor, but uh, Health Canada has given the uh, okay and uh, they are getting ready in Ontario, outside of uh, Hamilton, to have the largest legal outdoor cannabis farm. Pretty cool. It's on uh, 100 acres in Brant County, which is uh, just outside of Hamilton. 48 North's farm is going to have close to 250,000, maybe even more, 250,000 marijuana plants so it's pretty impressive uh, they do have a couple of indoor facilities in ontario but this will be uh, the uh, the largest in canada and may- maybe in the world i don't even know um so th- the interesting thing is that you are going outside and everything else has been inside obviously in canada 
sometimes you need uh, indoor, but they say that they will be able to use uh, lar- produce larger and taller crops uh, by going outside. So it'll be interesting. Um, soil is an important factor. The, um, the land they're using used to grow tobacco, so they say it's absolutely perfect uh, for cannabis. And then, of course, there's the obvious question about protecting it. Um, you know, you, you don't want to uh, start growing a whole bunch of crops and then have people uh, getting all over it. So they are going to have uh, motion sensors, more than 100 cameras, and a few other uh, security measures to make sure that these plants of theirs are protected. So that's pretty cool that uh, that is happening in uh, Canada. Uh, one other thing to... Uh, to chat about when it comes to cannabis news, or a couple other things, but uh, there is a uh, some digital tools to fight underage marijuana abuse, and uh, this is uh, it's I, I I do agree with the uh, idea behind this. Uh, so uh, Canopy Growth has partnered with uh, drug awareness organizations, and they have digital tools that uh, hope to stop drug abuse among young children. So I'm going to stop right there. Uh, this is an article on uh, Global News. Uh, we need to stop using the word drug when you refer to cannabis. Please. It is a plant. Um, look at it. Just do a little research when how cannabis is produced and, you know, from seed to joint or whatever. Compare that to cocaine. Nobody dumps gasoline on the cannabis. Uh, it's not created in uh, labs like methamphetamines. It is not a drug. It is a plant. So that's the first thing I will point out with this uh, article and and the, that term. Let's stop using the term drug when we refer to cannabis. It is a plant. Uh, if, you, if you ever listen to me on the radio or if you listen to my other shows, you'll know I'm pretty opinionated. That's one thing that really gets my uh, dander up is the word drug. So I think this idea is good. Um, what they're going to be doing is uh, an educational chatbot and text messaging system that will help youth parents and teachers uh, talk frankly about cannabis use. And that, I think that is a really, really important initiative. But this article, and they refer to it as a drug, and I think we have to get away from that. It is a plant, and it is not chemically produced. So let's get away from the word drug uh, if we can. Um, just a little bit of a pet peeve, but I love the idea. So I think we do need to continue open dialogue with you know young people and this plant, which is wonderful. And speaking of this, this is a story for everybody that's ever told you that marijuana was for dummies. You know, people, pots for dummies. Well, Harvard University disagrees. Harvard University, and this is a great local story, they are teaming up with Atlas Biotechnologies, Inc., which is a Edmonton company, and they are going to be looking at the medical side of the plant. They're trying to understand the medicinal effects of marijuana, and this is a huge, huge situation. Uh, game-changing is one of the words uh, that I'm reading on this uh, CTV website about this. Uh, so the partnership will initially last three years. Um, they are going to be studying the plant and whether it can play roles in chronic pain management, neurological conditions, and it could start as early as a year for uh, 2020. So that is really cool and also exciting for a local Edmonton company. And we're going to try to explore 
a lot of different local Edmonton companies because there there's some great ones. We will go beyond that, of course, because we can't live in a bubble. But uh, I'm really proud to be in the Edmonton area with so much great creative minds in the cannabis industry. Uh, so that's wonderful that Atlas Biotechnologies teaming up with uh, Harvard and uh, will produce uh, some some great research and some great information on that situation. Um, this is very cool as well. Aurora Cannabis has signed a multi-year, multi-million dollar partnership with Mixed Martial Arts UFC. And they're going to study CBD products and how they affect athlete wellness and obviously recovery, which, you know, people, a lot of people out there already know how well this works in recovery uh, and um a replacement for opiates and things like that. So this is a really, really big thing. UFC, very progressive company, and uh, Aurora, uh, obviously one of the bigger names. So that is excellent. Uh, this is something that they can focus on when it comes to uh, pain management, inflammation, um, just plain injury, uh, perf- um, uh, recovery, and, and all of this is going to take place at the UFC's uh, UFC's Performance Institute in Las Vegas. And uh, this, it's going to be really, really great. It's going to be led by Dr. Jason Dick, who is an Aurora board member and a professor at the U of A, as a as well as a Canada Research Chair, so on uh, molecular medicine. So that is also very, very uh, exciting news when it comes to cannabis and the rest of the world jumping on the cannabis train. So that was this week in cannabis news all right all right all right all right indeed we are uh, moving on to cannabis characters now and uh, we're talking about david wooderson from dazed and confused and uh, you remember wooderson who is uh, a few years older than the dudes that are mainly focused on in dazed to confused i don't know he must have graduated a a few years um obviously uh, outside of uh, austin texas um, the whole uh, rebel attitude with David Wooderson, uh, the older they get, the more rules they're going to get you to try to follow. You just got to keep on living. L-I-V-I-N. So, of course, Wooderson works for the city. You know, thinking about getting back into school, though, man. Working for the city. A little more money for my pocket. And, of course, he likes the high school girls, which is looked upon as pretty sleazy. And it, it, it certainly does come off that way. But uh, as you get older, you realize that... Uh, Age gap isn't that big of a deal. There's, uh, there's, there's over seven years between myself and uh, Trish Fideko Millard, so it's not that big of a deal. Back then, obviously, uh, people looked like it as a big deal. And um, he is single, I think, in the movie, but he does try to uh, pick up the redhead one time. He's like, you should ditch those two dorks that you're with and uh, come hang out with us. So uh, that's uh, Wooderson, loves to hang out at the Emporium. And the interesting thing I found out when I was... Uh, looking up this character, is that uh, originally Richard Linklater, who wrote, produced, and directed the movie, uh, said no to Matthew McConaughey. He met Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey and he was clean-shaven. It looked really, really good, as opposed to what Wooderson looks like in the movie. And he's like, yeah, no, you're not going to do. And Matthew McConaughey was like, no, dude, I uh, this is me. I am this guy. Uh, I lived like he's you know from the area, he said, I know this guy. I've seen, I, I don't, I am not, no, he said, I'm not this guy. I know this guy. He goes, I've seen this guy. And so then he started doing his whole rap and, and you know, dove into the uh, character at the, I guess, the audition. And Richard Linklater was like, yeah, you're in, man. You are 
in. And they said, okay, we've got a, a, a few, you know, still amount of time before we're shooting. Do not cut your hair. He said, can you grow a mustache? And McConaughey's like, uh, kind of. He's like, good. The sleazier, the better. So um, this is the uh, audition, the line that Matthew McConaughey did for Richard Linklater that blew him away. And immediately he became uh, Wooderson. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. So there you go. That is uh, David Wooderson from Days to Confused, uh, played by Matthew McConaughey in uh, another, or our first edition of Cannabis Characters. Our first edition of What's That Strained, where we are going to uh, give you some uh, history, some background information, and uh, educate you on different strains of cannabis. And uh, joining me in studio, and he will be uh, in studio with us every week, Chris Ionson, who is a, a store manager on White Ave for Nova Cannabis and uh, our educator. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, Chris. Thanks for having me, Dean. This is uh, this is exciting because uh, as I told you when we met, um, you know I've I've been involved or involved. I've I've used cannabis uh, for a number of years of my life, and uh, you know at one point I was like a lot of other people. I was like I don't care what it is. I just want to have some, and I don't really know anything about it. And um, you know the more I researched it and and started using it for some of my depression and anxiety and and getting into CBD you do realize how selective you can be. It's no different than any other kind of, whether you want to look at, uh, you know, different kinds of wine that people like to drink or different kinds of steak that people like to eat. It is not just one plant and one strain. There are thousands of them, and we're going to explore them on this uh, on this podcast. But it's amazing, and I love it, that, um, you know, we're going to educate people on the different types of strains that are out there. And I think that's something that's really important, especially with legalization upon us and, and people trying to find out as much information to realize that, you know, it's not just, and our slogan here is it's it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy and different strains can, can help things with that. So I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're going to help us and guide us through what's that strain. And we're going to be using some different terminology. One of them is terpenes. Let's talk about terpenes because there are probably people out there that are saying, what the heck is that? And I was one of them at one point as well. So I'll let you explain what terpenes are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a lot of people are, are familiar with uh, THC in, in cannabis and, and CBD, uh, but terpenes kind of are the third part of the, the entourage effect. Um, and terpenes are aromatic oils that color cannabis varieties with distinct flavors like citrus, berry, mint, pine, even cheese, and they'll make your bud taste and smell the way it is. So if you're going to smoke some some lemon skunk, you're going to totally expect to have some citrusy uh, hints of citrus and, and tastes of, of citrus in there too. Um, and within those terpenes too, I mean, there's, there's some effects too. It's not just all about the smell and the taste. Uh, there is effects that will associate with certain terpenes as well. All right. So that's uh, what that is. And, and listen, that's uh, something that uh, I was... Like I said, no idea um, what that was until you start researching. And, and I think it's important to know uh, a little bit about uh, the terpenes so you know a little bit about what you're going to be getting and what you want out of your cannabis. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that within the next couple of years, uh, like currently in our in our location at our stores, uh, people come in. A lot of people are looking for the highest THC we got, and it's not all about that. Um, you know, I've I'd like to think of myself as a you know fifteen to twenty percent. That's that's the range of THC that I like to be in. But I've tried some some cannabis that was you know ten eleven percent that knocked me uh, knocked me on my ass just uh, with uh, the terpene the entourage effects and, and the terpenes in there too so it's not just all about high THC to get that desired effect yeah that's a really interesting point and 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 one thing we should point out we are going to talk about uh, you know different strains and uh, desired effect for some of those strains but um, people should know that this is not one size fits all when it comes to cannabis. Uh, people will get different kind of uh, desired effects or different kind of effects than the person sitting beside you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that plays a big factor. So each individual has their own endocannabinoid system. It's your biology. So uh, Dean, if you and I were to, to share a joint right now, uh, you could get sleepy from it and I would get hungry or I would get goofy. Um, the biology, like your individual biology will... Uh, interact with the cannabinoids in in the cannabis you're smoking or consuming uh, differently than other people. It kind of depends. So it's, uh, you know, within the store, you know, we can't say that, uh, you know, this one cannabis will ensure good times and giggles and lots of fun because it all depends on everyone's individual biology and their endocannabinoid system. Good point. Uh, This is What's That Strain? I'm Dean Millard, Chris Ionson is with uh, Nova Cannabis. He's a a store manager on White Ave and our educator. And uh, we are going to be talking about the first train we're doing tonight is Blue Dream. And um, tell us, I I guess, give us a little bit of background on this uh, sativa dominant strain, Blue Dream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And while you're doing that, I'm going to get the uh, banana bros going and uh, mill some of this up. Perfect. Uh, so Blue Dream is definitely uh, one of the more popular strains that's out there. It, uh, it debuted in Santa Cruz, California in 2003. Uh, the lineage of it is uh, Blueberry and Haze. So the Blueberry is a little bit of an indica dominant strain and the Haze is sativa. Uh, but Blue Dream does produce kind of a full body relaxation with a gentle cerebral invigoration. So really kind of a strong yet mellow psychoactive experience. Uh, very tasty. It's got a sweet and berry aroma to it um, and uh, delivers swift symptom relief uh, without any heavy sedative effects. So it'll keep your energy up still, um, but also make you feel real nice. That's exactly what I'm, uh, I am hoping for. Um, do you want to get into any of the terpenes with uh, Blue Dream? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the top three terpenes uh, within Blue Dream, uh, Mercine would be the first one we'll talk about. Uh, Myrcene's uh, typically a more of a sedative uh, type of terpene. It can be found in lemongrass and mangoes. Um, kind of more of a, a, a couch lock uh, type of a, of a terpene, uh, even though it is within that blue dream, that sativa. So th- there is going to be some energy to it, but having the myrcene in there too will uh, keep you nice and relaxed. Uh, the other terpenes are uh, pinene and caryophylline. And pinene has a piney taste and smell, and it's been said to provide uh, slightly energizing and uh, helps with uh, anti-inflammatory effects too. I think right now they're doing a lot of testing. Um, real, real pleased to have cannabis be, be legalized here yes. so that we can actually explore it a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, clinical testing and kind of figure out, uh, you know, really f- fine-tune what the terpenes are doing there. Uh, and then caryophylline uh, is uh, kind of a black pepper flavor to it. 
Those are three three of the more popular uh, terpenes that are in this one. It's got a, a like a really light flavory smell, like a um, not 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 so f- a pine, but it's got a really light smell to it. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not overpowering. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this is also something we should point out when when we talk about uh, Blue Dream. Um, you know, and it's pretty legendary being a, a sativa dominant. That's what you, you kind of go with. You know, it'd be great if you could find some pure sativa or indica strain at some point. But that's like finding a, a pot of gold under the rainbow uh, beside a unicorn. They just really don't exist anymore, do they? Just the way everything has been kind of woven together over the years. Yeah, that's right. So through the different generations of, of different strains of cannabis, uh, pretty much it's all just one big hybrid there with, you know, sativa leaning or, or indica leaning effects. Um, I know a, lo- a lot of the, the marketing is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say that, you know, this is a sativa, um, but typically there are sativa dominant hybrids where there is going to be a little bit of indica in there too. All right. So as I do this taste test with the, uh, I'm using the uh, Silver Surfer. Uh, vaporizer. Nice. Had this for a little while. I'm going to ride the wave. So tell, tell me a little bit about the uh, taste that, uh, uh, you know, somebody could expect uh, using this as I will. Uh, for sure. I think uh, you're going to notice like a, a sweet taste to it. Um, a little bit of berry action in there too. Um, yeah. Well, that's an interesting vape you got there. You never seen this one before? No, no I haven't. Yeah, it's the uh, Silver Surfer. I watched a video one time. They said they've had one of these on in their company in Colorado for seven years. They never turn it off. <laughs> I, I turn mine off. Uh, but yeah, it's got a little uh, knob that uh, I always dial it back. I start at mid, uh, midnight and dial it back to like uh, nine or seven o'clock or uh, nine or yeah, nine or seven between that. And then a uh, little uh, hose. There's a hands-free for it and everything. So Awesome. You'll have to try it out sometime. I, I, I will. So are you getting any of the uh, hints of the berry in there? Yeah, light. Uh, it's pretty subtle. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like I said, it's kind of like with the smell. It's not terribly, um, you know, overpowering like some of the, you know, the the skunk titles that you you would expect or like sour diesel. I remember being one of the really strong pungent. Yeah. You know, you did not want to try sneaking back in after curfew with that in your backpack <laughs> as a teenager, right? I yeah. think your parents are going to figure it out. So, uh, but no, this is this is very interesting and. Um, I, I think that, uh, first of all, we should mention if you are looking for this particular strain, um, make sure you check with your store or various Nova stores to make sure that, uh, it is in stock because uh, as we know, um, stuff goes sometimes pretty fast and, you know, I imagine this is one of more, your more popular uh, strains. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I, I'd say it's probably been one of the, the more popular, if not the most popular strain that we've sold in our stores, uh, Typically, uh, you know, if we get one case of it uh, on, a, on a shipment, uh, that case will be gone in about 15 minutes, usually uh, 15, 20 minutes. All right. So that is Blue Dream. And um, we're going to do uh, that was a, a sativa dominant here on What's That Strain. And uh, we're going to go and look at an indica dominant strain now. And uh, this is MK Ultra. And uh, it's another uh, one from Aurora. So uh, give us a little bit of background on MK Ultra Indica Dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's uh, it's actually named after a, uh, a CIA project uh, <laughs> back wow. in the 60s uh, where it was mental manipulation manipulation employed by the uh, the CIA. So wow. 
kind of a controversial one there, but uh, but it's been around for for years, and it's a it's a very popular indica strain. A lot of the licensed producers are are making it. It's not just Aurora. There's there's a ton of them that are making it just because it is a, a successful, uh, heavy, hard hitting indica. Um, with that, uh, this, the lineage of of MK Ultra is OG Kush and G13. And uh, it's highly awarded. It's uh, one Indica of the Year, Cannabis Cup. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of highly decorated. And uh, this is one of the strains that they say is, you know, is going to give you that couch lock. So good for uh, evening time. I'd, I'd recommend, I wouldn't say start your day off with MK <laughs> Ultra, or you'll yeah. find yourself on the couch for most of the day. Unless you have absolutely nothing to do. Like yep. it's a, if it's a lazy Saturday afternoon after a long week and you just want to... Uh, chill out and watch reruns of friends or something like that this is probably sounds what it would be good for yeah absolutely okay so the uh packaging let's talk a little bit about the packaging uh right now with um um you know this particular strain and uh, other strains and one thing we should tell people is that you can recycle this packaging you guys have uh something in your store for that but uh, let's talk a little bit about the packaging with this yeah absolutely uh packaging has been kind of one one point that's you know we hear a lot of that at this at the store level where people come in purchase their cannabis and as soon as we bring in the packaging they'll you know there's a comment about uh, this is a bit excessive you know why is my one gram of cannabis in this big box with with a large container some of it has seemed excessive. Uh, I will say that the, the Aurora one gram units are in a respectable tub. They're not not too too big. Um, it's important to, to note too that on these packages we need to have some information, some warning labels um, that you know you can read. So uh, we're never going to see you know packaging that that small just because you know we've got to keep that uh, within the regulations. Right. Yeah, that that is a good point. But for the people that are a little bit concerned about the packaging, you can recycle them. So that, that does. And I recycle mine here uh, at home. I, you know, uh, keep pens in them or Q-tips or whatever else. It's, uh, you know, no, just like if you go buy a mason jar somewhere, you're probably not throwing that out. So you might as well re, uh, make use of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So MK Ultra. Um, do you want to discuss some uh, terpenes and maybe a little desired effect as I uh, mill this up? Yeah, for sure. Um, so with it, uh, the, the three main terpenes that I've kind of tracked down in my research, uh, myrcene, caryophylline, and limonene. Uh, so as we discussed in the Blue Dream, myrcene is, is more of a heavy sedative. Uh, it's going to give you that couch lock effect. Um, and within the, uh, the caryophylline, it's actually got beta caryophylline and trans caryophylline. And it's going to give you that, uh, that piney taste and smell. And also uh, it's going to... Uh, fully interact with your endocannabinoid system. Um, and then limonene is uh, the citrusy kind of taste to it. There are little hints of, of citrus there. Um, and limonene can typically produce uh, heightened awareness and, and, and uplifted mood. So again, it's, it's kind of funny because limonene is typically, you would associate that with sativas, but here we are in, in an Indica MK Ultra. So it's, it's not really fair to say, you know, like all sativas are going to have this terpene and all Indicas will have this. It's, kind of goes both ways and and it intertwines throughout how does it taste yeah that's got uh, a little there is a little piney not again not uh, i don't ever find uh cannabis terribly overpowering 
when it's it's very subtle with some of the tastes as opposed to if you were taste testing a, a glass of wine or something like that. I, I don't find and maybe my scent and my taste is is off, but uh, I don't find it's ever overpowering. You just get those hints and it's like fleeting and enjoying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is MK Ultra. It's indica dominant, and um, of course you can pick this up at Nova Cannabis, but. Uh, make sure you check uh, in-store for availability. Uh, you're at uh, White Ave, uh, one of the uh, busier stores uh, that you have. Um, you know, and, and, and we just uh, talked before about, uh, you know, this is a job. It's a, it's a fun industry to be in right now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, this has been the, the career best career move I've ever made. Uh, I've, I've been a cannabis guy for, for 20 years, and uh, I've also been in the food and service industry, so I've kind of melded the two together, and uh, I, just, I just love going to work every day. I, I truly do. I love going in there and talking with uh, people about cannabis and people that are just as enthusiastic about it as I am. It's just great to be, to be able to be upfront about that now. Uh, versus yeah. before when it was, you know, I would always keep that from, from an employer or from coworkers that, you know, on the weekend, I like to have a hoot here and there. Yeah. And, and that's a stigma that is going to end. And, and one of the reasons that this podcast exists is to, uh, you know, help, uh, bring this, uh, into more mainstream. So, all right, before we let you go and thank you so much uh, for coming out for the first episode of what's that strain, uh, what's your go-to? Are you, um, a, a traditional joint guy? Are you a, a bong guy? Are you a pipe guy, vaporizer? There are so many great options now. And, and, uh, you know, at some point we'll be able to discuss, uh, edibles as well, but what's your go-to? My go-to, I, I'm a joint guy. I've been a, a joint guy for those 20 years, I've, I've always been the designated roller in my, in my circles. Uh, I just like the ritual of it. Uh, you know, if I've got a friend coming over and, you know, I know we're going to have a joint, uh, a lot of times I, I won't roll it until, until they get there and we can discuss, oh, do you want to, you know, what are you in the mood for? And even just the, the routine of rolling it with someone, you just, there's good chatter. There's mm-hmm. good, it's, it's that, uh, that ritual for me that I really like. Yeah, there, there really is something to that. I am a terrible roller, and that's why I have the Banana Bros, because it rolls perfect bats. Um, you know, I have a good friend down in Calgary uh, who will be listening to this, and I used to have the, you know, the hand rollers that you just put the uh, the marijuana in there and you feed the paper in and yep. like a cigarette. So I used to have that, and we would have contests of who could roll a better joint. I, he might not be able to beat the Banana Bros, but I'm going to put him to the test uh, next time I go down to Calgary. But he is, uh, you know, you know. I think you and him should get in the room and we could have like a, a rolling competition. That sounds good. That would be a, a good <laughs> podcast idea. But there, there is something um, about the tradition of, of doing that. I, I do understand that. And, uh, um, you know, when you're with a group of people, uh, you know, uh, passing around a joint, especially now that it's legal, feels pretty good right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great feeling. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it next week. Sounds good, Dean. Thanks for having me. wrap things up with a couple of uh, fun segments uh, this is tools of the trade and today we're talking about bongs which uh, if you do any uh, history the uh, it's an adaption of uh, the thai word bong or bong bong i'm not sure how you exactly pronounce it uh, but it goes back hundreds of years in fact uh, just uh, five or six years ago uh, they found in uh, russia that tribal chiefs 
used gold bongs 2,400 years ago to smoke cannabis and opium. So bongs have been around for a long time. Uh, I, we used to have a bong. I, I, I didn't own a bong for a long time, but my friend Buck, when uh, three of us ended up living in uh, Winnipeg in the, the mid-90s, 1996 to be exact, the uh, final year of the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, anyway, um, he bought this really big bong. We just thought it was the coolest thing. It was like purple. Um, I don't know how the quality was, but it was giant, and it would fill up a lot. It would be it was good for parties, which we did a lot of in those days. But anyway, it was uh, that was my first experience. We would have to you know hide it in the sunroom when parent, you know, family was coming to visit and things like that. Uh, and then over years, I've tried smaller ones. You know, they, they break. The cheap ones break. If you plan on using cannabis and you like smoking out of a bong, which I love, like I think the bong. Uh, is is probably my favorite. Uh, right behind that is um, vaporizing with a desktop vaporizer. I have the Silver Surfer, and we'll get into vaporizers at some point. Uh, but I, I just love bongs. It's, I think they're cool. They're convenient. Um, and the, the one I use right now is the the Hexagon from Burnt. Uh, you throw it in your freezer. The hit is really really smooth. Um, so it's it, they're they're good. I you know, but I've had some crappy ones that just you know they break over time or they wear down. I had a, a one just I still have it. It's called the uh, the original gangster. It's just a glass bong, and it has the uh, the ice indents, so you can put you know your water in there. You can put your ice in there. Like if you're ever going to use a bong, ice is a good component. If you don't have something like the hexagon from Burnt, you know you throw your ice in there and you throw your water in there and your ice, and it's good for the moment. It's not as cold as some other things. But what happens? The ice melts, the water rises, and that leads to possible spillage. And anybody that's ever touched marijuana with a bong knows the worst smell ever is bong water. Like Cypress Hill mentions it in uh, Hits from the Bong. They mention it, that it's like, don't spill it on the carpet because the smell's awful. And it is. Uh, so I use the hexagon where you could throw it in your freezer and it freezes the whole bong. And that first hit when you pull it out of the freezer is the smoothest one I've ever had with a bong. So I love bongs. It's my pretty much go-to. I'd love to hear from you about what your go-to is when it comes to tools of the trade. You can email us, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com, uh, at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter. And by the way, uh, follow us, and we're going to give away a nice prize package, a Cannabis 101 podcast prize package, to our 420th follower on Twitter. So please uh, check us out there. You can get us on Instagram, the Cannabis 101 Podcast, and our Facebook page, Cannabis 101 Podcast. So any feedback you want to give us, uh, whether it's uh, what you use or what bong you use or questions about the things we've talked about, by all means, shoot us uh, what uh, your question is or, or your idea or your comment. So uh, that's a little tools of the trade, talking bongs. I think there's uh, uh, some uh, interesting uh, slang when it comes to uh, bongs. It's, it's very much kind of like, a, I think, like a hookah. And, you know, there are uh, bongs out there that you can get that you can have more than one person so you don't have to share the bong if you're at a party and things like that. So all, those, all, all kind of adapters, adaptations you can make to your bong. And our uh, final segment is we're talking the weed word of the day. And this we're talking exactly, specifically rather, about the plant uh, we'll get into, you know, what you call joints or things. And there's there's so much we'll, we'll discuss as the uh, podcast continues. But we're just talking about the plant itself. And, you know, what kind of words do you use when you're referring to plant? Whether it's code words so you don't want somebody to know or it's just a, a nickname that you like. Um, you know, nug is uh, something that people use. And, and that's, 
in reference to the uh, the the basically the best weed. It uh, comes from the uh, topmost uh, flowering of the cannabis stock and the highest concentration of uh, cannabinoids. So Nug is one. Bud, I'm sure you've uh, heard that, uh, which is pretty similar. Dank is um, um, I, most people I've ever heard use the term dank is uh, when it's uh, kind of like um, not wet, but uh, damp or moist. Um, and it's got like a, it's just like a dank, like it's kind of like a one like that reefer herb. Uh, that's something the herb is one that I use all along uh, a lot rather marijuana ganja, which is uh, interesting. I think that is actually the Hindu term for it. So that's where that comes. That flower is obviously uh, a very big one uh, right now, especially with uh, the uh, legalization. Uh, yeah, so ganja, marijuana. There's so many different words. Uh, when, yeah, when it comes to uh, marijuana, yeah, ganja is in fact uh, the uh, Hindu word for marijuana. But there's something, you know, devil's lettuce, uh, hashish, homegrown. There's so many weird bag of bones. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Email us, cannabis101podcast at gmail dot com or get us on twitter at the cannabis 101 uh, i'm more just like a uh, um oh you know what the cool thing when i was looking at different names though is that when it comes to like uh, i was looking at thing it says slang names for good quality cannabis and we should be proud of this bc bud was the first one and and you know people have long long known that bc bud is some of the best that outs there that's out there and uh, so that's what you're looking for, uh, some good stuff. Uh, you do not want to buy something called uh, ditchweed, dirt grass, or cabbage. If somebody is referring it to that, run away. Railroad weed, yeah, you don't want any of that. Ragweed, stay away from that. So uh, we'll still have some fun with the uh, weed word of the day and uh, everything else uh, that we can come up with here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. I hope to have uh, some interesting guest industry leaders uh, the people that know the most about this wonderful plant. So I can learn, you can learn, and we can all enjoy it responsibly. Thank you so much for listening to the Cannabis 101 podcast. The voiceovers, by the way, uh, Christine Bandolo and Kevin Dabbs uh, do all my voiceover work for my podcast. If, you're, uh, if you like what you hear, let me know. And if you're looking for somebody for some voiceover work, I can definitely um, put you in touch. So I'd like to thank Grant Sanderson, who is the regional manager for Nova Cannabis uh, for joining us on the program today. Uh, we'll have everything out again next Wednesday and uh, looking forward to next week's show. Uh, I don't want to jinx it just yet, uh, but I think we have uh, some uh, outstanding guests joining us next week. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you so much for listening to the Cannabis 101 podcast. Enjoy the day. Wow, wow, wow.